Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For all those smiling Colorado sports fans you've been seeing around town, guess what? We got to give credit to those folks over at Green Mountain Dental Group, especially since they've been taking care of so many of our DNVR listeners who've switched over to them in the years to make Green Mountain Dental Group their permanent family dentist. Now when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Now every two, four, six, or eight weeks, you can get Strava Craft Coffee delivered to your doorstep. You know, their CBD coffee can help with your chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, so much more. It's loaded with CBD and CBG. It's not going to give you those coffee jitters every morning if you want multiple cups per day. Now you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25 at Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. As we start another week here in the baseball lockout world, we still have some baseball news, believe it or not. We're going to have some fun chopping up about some of the Rockies minor league signings that they've made in the past week. Three guys I want to tell you a little bit more about. There's been some International Hall of Fame news and done a little bit of research that's got me intrigued in one that maybe you say is within driving distance that you might want to check out. It's kind of breathtaking. And then finally, I've got a lot on the Joe West retirement. He's lived a very interesting life to say the least. And I'm probably going to give you more information than you've ever wanted to know about Joe West. But trust me, as always, it'll be somewhat entertaining and educational. But let's get started with the Rockies minor league signings this past week. We know that with the lockout, major league free agents cannot move in any way, shape, or form, but there are some players designated as minor league free agents that the Rockies and other teams can sign. We've already seen them do that with shortstop Kyle Holder, second base outfielder Tim Lopes. We know they brought back a couple organizational guys in Brailing Eusebio, Max George, Michael Peterson, right-handed reliever they signed to a minor league deal, as well as a guy like J.D. Hammer and Ty Block also we've seen as a player that could possibly even be in line for the fifth spot in the rotation at some point. So these minor league deals, they happen each and every offseason. A lot of times they do go under the radar, but much like with the C.J. Crone signing last year to a minor league deal, maybe you're able to catch lightning in a bottle and you've got something more than you had originally anticipated. So who are these mystery men that the Rockies have brought in? Well, probably the biggest name is one that you may have heard of at some point, 
if you follow baseball closely enough, is a catcher by the name of Carlos Perez. He's 31 years old, signed to a minor league deal, originally signed by the Blue Jays about a decade or so ago. He's been traded twice in his career, once back in July of 2012 in a deal where he went from the Jays to the Astros in a trade that included J.A. Happ. He was then dealt from Houston to the Angels with Nick Trappiano in exchange for catcher Hank Conger after the 2014 season. And he has four years of big league experience, which is really his calling card and what he's known for. He's a viable catching guy who had a phenomenal season in AAA with the A's top minor league affiliate, hit 31 homers in 97 games, had a slash line 269, 337, 572 with a WRC plus of 116. Keep in mind, the ball does travel a lot there in AAA Las Vegas. We'll see what that's like for those two exhibition games. Hopefully, if all things go well here during the lockout and these CBA negotiations, we'll actually get a chance to see the Rockies take on the Diamondbacks in two exhibition games in mid-March, and we'll see how the ball flies there at the Las Vegas ballpark. But he led the A's AAA affiliate in home runs and RBI, and on that roster was a podcast favorite, Frank Schwindel, who did get some looks as the NL Rookie of the Year once he was traded to the Cubs. So Perez, Schwindel, both tore up AAA. Interesting to see what can happen with Perez. You know, maybe, just maybe, Perez could be a guy that we could see on Colorado as a very important depth piece because, frankly, Elias Diaz and Dom Nunez could not be any healthier than they were this past year. Neither of the Rockies catchers went on the IL. It's only the second time in team history that it ever happened. And the first time, it happened in back-to-back years with Kurt Manwaring and Jeff Reed in 1997 and in 1998. So it isn't impossible, but of course, you do have to prepare for that. And the Rockies do have a lot of depth right now at the catching spot. Willie McIver, he did play one game in AAA, but ultimately he'll start the year at AA Hartford. We might not really see him in 2022, but we know Brian Servant is really the number three guy who did get a lot of playing time last year. He got the bulk of the starts behind the plate for the Isotopes last year. Remember, Jose Brisseno was brought back into the organization as a AAA guy. And ultimately, hey, he was just outplayed not only by Brian Servan, but Chris Robago, who did sign a minor league deal with Detroit this past week. So Brian Servan is the true number three. But you know what? You need a number four. You need another, another number five. And so Carlos Perez ticks off that box. Going back to that 97-98 season with Kurt Mamwaring and Jeffrey, that's the best and the most games played by a tandem in back-to-back years. And so Diaz and Nunez, they are certainly on their path to, to possibly eclipsing that. But the interesting thing is, so in 97, they caught every single inning, Manwaring and Jeff Reed, every single inning, literally. No IL stints, caught every inning, even when the rosters expanded. Well, in 1998, rosters expanded, and Mark Stripmatter, who later became a catching coordinator in the organization, has helped with... Tony Walters, Brian Servan himself. I know Tom Murphy was a guy who would talk a lot about the work he had done with Mark Stripmatter to get himself to the majors, and you see that work paying off in Seattle now. But in September, when the rosters expanded, Stripmatter got 10 innings, a whopping 10 innings, and there was really only 11 innings and two pitches that Manwaring and Reed missed. 
literally, 11 innings and two pitches. So you get the 10 from Strip Matter in September of 98. You've got one inning in somewhat of emergency, I guess you could say, by Greg, Col- Greg Colburn. You maybe remember that name. He was more of a bench player, but it was a 12-1 ball game, came into pinch hit, and ultimately Don Baylor decided, well, let's give Jeffrey a proper day off. Let's not put him behind the plate for three outs. So Greg Colbrun made his only appearance as a catcher that day behind the dish for those three final outs in a blowout. And then finally, the other two pitches that they were not a part of were literally two pitches. This was a game on June 7th in 98 in Anaheim, interleague game. Jeff Reed came in to pinch hit for Manwaring in the ninth. Rockies end up tying it up. They were down, they were trailing. And in the bottom of the ninth, Dave Hollins completely trucked Jeff Reed behind the plate, knocked him out of the game. Tie ball game, bottom of the ninth, on the road. Rockies are out of catchers. No other catchers on the roster. So Nafi Perez got behind the plate. We talked about this with Noah Yingling a few weeks back, and I, I loved seeing his reaction. Anytime I, I point this game out, it's like it's mind bending. But that's kind of the beauty of baseball, right? It's that's that's what makes it ugly simultaneously. Because in this game, you had Larry Walker playing second base, and then eventually shifting to third base at one point in this two pitch at bat. But first pitch, I think, was a ball. Next pitch was a wild pitch. Jerry Depoto didn't have it. And not not a pass ball, a wild pitch. And the Rockies end up losing that game. And so Manwaring and Reed, fantastic that they were able to stay healthy. And I'm sure they were beat up. And we know that was the case with Diaz. Dom Nunez talked about that at the end of the season, just how much he was able to take from Diaz, who was beat up all year long and yet still kept going out there to play. And we'll see if it happens this year. Some of it can just be dumb luck in many ways, not getting injured. So Carlos Perez, 31-year-old catcher, signed to a minor league deal. We'll see him down in Albuquerque when that season starts on April 5th, as now the AAA season is 150 ball games. Started looking at a calendar now. Started pricing out some hotel rooms. Hmm, where am I going to be? that first week in April. Am I going to be in Southern California covering Dodgers and Padres? Or maybe I'll be in Albuquerque. Actually, that's not true. They start in Oklahoma City, but then they go to Albuquerque, and I don't know what's going to happen here, friends. I do not know. But we do have more transactions, so let's focus on that positive. Tyler Hill, 25-year-old outfielder, primarily a left fielder, was a 19th-round pick in 2014 by the Boston Red Sox, was taken by the Yankees in 2019 in the AAA phase of the Rule 5 draft, was released that year, signed with the Royals in the second half. Typical story of a guy who's kind of scraping along and, and trying to find his way, work out a couple kinks. He played independent baseball with the Winnipeg Golden Eyes in 2021. And according to his transaction page, it says he has been assigned to AA Hartford in many ways, Those kind of assignments can be placeholders, but in this case, I think that has a lot of truth to it, especially with the AAA outfield roster at Albuquerque having more depth. We'll talk about a guy they just added to that Isotopes roster as the third and final guy, but the AA Hartford outfield is a little bit lighter. Of course, Brenton Doyle, who did win a minor league Rawlings Gold Glove Award for his defensive play last year with Spokane. He's a lock to be up there. I think we'll also probably see Nico Decalati, guy that I've really liked, that 
could be on the fringes of, of making a major league team at some point, had a good year last year in Spokane, was born in Boulder, actually, did graduate high school in Las Vegas, but uh, like the Tyler Hill signing as a depth piece there in Hartford. And that Hartford team is going to be critical because those are the oldest guys on the Rockies' end of the spectrum for the farm system being talented. It started in high A, low A. We also saw it at the complex level and in the Dominican Summer League. And so those guys coming up from high A, they're going to be in Hartford next year. Hell, Chris Oliveras, several others. We'll break down the entire Hartford and Albuquerque Isotopes roster as we get closer to the season. But Tyler Hill, a very good veteran to lead that young group of players who could very well be part of the future of the Colorado Rockies. And then finally, another 31-year-old guy, center fielder Winton Bernard, who played with Albuquerque last year. You may recall that name. You may have even seen him when you went down to Scottsdale last year during spring training. As we know, a lot of the minor league guys get in those games in spring training. Bernard was originally a 35th round pick out of Niagara University with the Padres. Speed Merchant, who was 23 of 25 in stolen bases last year. Batted only 254, but doesn't strike out a ton. Solid defense in center. Played really well this past winter in the Mexican Pacific Winter League, batting 328. And you know what? Maybe the best thing of all for talking about minor league signings for guys that you might not even get a cup of coffee in your career. It's nice to be able to say that he's a good person, which by all accounts is what I hear about Witten Bernard at each of the stops along the way in his career because he's bounced around from a lot of different organizations similar to Tyler Hill and Carlos Perez. And by all accounts, Witten Bernard is an A-plus human being. So always got to root for those kind of guys. And if you're rooting on your Denver sports teams, well, you know you got to get your butt down to the DNVR bar. On the corner of Colfax in York in downtown Denver, we've got watch parties for Nuggets abs always going on. You know it's going to be popping off for the Super Bowl, too. At the end of this week, members, of course, you get a bigger beer when you're down at the DNVR bar. You get extra raffle tickets at these watch parties, access to the members-only Discord where you don't have to worry about politics or a-holes you can talk to hosts and diehard fans like yourself make some new connections and now it's only 50 cents for your first month on the dnvr.com not only do you get access to all of these podcasts right there on the website but you get exclusive content you get a discount when you go to dnvrlocker.com you get those bigger beers the app usage is going to be fantastic for you and you know what if you already know what we're providing and you're not already a member Sign up for an annual membership and you will get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. And that includes our new DNVR Rapids shirt as our soccer coverage is already starting to heat up for 2022. When you're down at the bar, of course, you know you got to tap into that Breckenridge Brewery and their good company, Hard Seltzer. If you want to get it at home, of course, you can get a 15-can sampler, what I love to refer to as the tap pack for number 15. Colorado Rockies left fielder Rymel Tapping. Get it at Costco, Sam's Club, just about anywhere. And one of the coolest parts is they do donate profits to the National Parks Conservation Association. It's good company, hard seltzer, made by Breckenridge Brewery. And the moment you've been waiting for since the start of the football season, September has finally arrived. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving 56 to 1 odds on either team bet just five dollars get 280 in free bets if your team wins not a new customer that's okay because you can still get in on the action with same game parlays 
Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR and get 56 to 1 odds on either the Bengals or the Rams. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code DNVR for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is a Super Bowl special. Pick the MVP position. Well, love the linebacker play for the Rams. In particular, been enjoying them all season long with Troy Reader, Ernest Jones, and of course, our guy from the Broncos, Von Miller. Hey, Bengals have their guys as well, but I'm focused on that trio for the most part here during the 2021 season. And so I'm going with the Super Bowl special as my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Linebacker at plus 1,100. Doesn't matter who. If a linebacker wins the MVP, you win $1,100. Lock that bad boy in. So before we get to our buddy Cowboy Joe West, do want to give a little bit more of a boost to... Jeff Francis, who was named to the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, that will go down this summer on Sunday, June 18th at 1 p.m. in St. Mary's, Ontario, which is located about two hours southwest of Toronto or two hours northeast of Detroit. I mentioned that and go into a little bit more detail since, well, Colorado is going to be visiting Detroit at the end of April this season if we get one. I'm going to be tired of saying if. Please just know if, if you listen to this podcast and you're, you're a subscriber and there's many of you out there, please just, you can in your own head, imagine the word, if we have a season or if the season is delayed, I, it, it's going to kill me to have to say it each and every time you, you know, I know this and I know you know this. So in April 22nd through the 24th, Rockies will be in Detroit and Hey, you can take a, a two hour car ride to St. Mary's, Ontario to check out the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. You can also see Justin Morneau's plaque there. Well, his plaque's not up yet because they haven't done his induction yet. That was supposed to be in the summer of 2020, but there was a pandemic that may have broken out. I'm not sure. I hadn't heard what's uh, what's going on in the world just yet. I kind of focus on baseball more than anything. But Roy Halladay, his plaque is in there, class of 2017, and then Larry Walker, the first to be in any kind of Hall of Fame of note. He was from the class of 2009. Now, the interesting thing about the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame was that it was only founded in 1982. And it was located in Toronto, which makes sense. You'd probably want to have it in a major city. It's probably maybe makes more sense for baseball as well. So, you know, people won't have to really trek as far out to make this pilgrimage, make it a little bit easier. I was surprised to find out that on Twitter, when I, I put the poll out, most of you actually responded that, no, you probably wouldn't be going to Todd Helton's Hall of Fame induction. And maybe because, again, you have a job that doesn't allow you to get away in the middle of the summer. And, you know, it's it can be a hassle. And it could be expensive to not only fly into the New York area airports, but also rent a car and to get a place up there. If you've ever researched uh, the cost of one of those hotel rooms on induction weekend, it is about four times what it would normally be. So it can be certainly a financial strain to say the least. 
So the Canadian Baseball Fame at one point was in Toronto at Exhibition Place, a location that was home to Exhibition Stadium, where the Toronto Blue Jays played before the Rogers Centre was built in the late 80s. 1988, I believe, was the first year. It later moved nearby the Hall of Fame, just about like a mile, to get this, an amusement park called Ontario Place, which was built on three artificial landscaped islands on Lake Ontario. And it is now abandoned. And I watched a YouTube video on this to see what it looked like. And in typical Canadian fashion, there is zero trace of vandalism on an abandoned amusement park. So it's it's probably not as creepy as you might be making it out to be in your head. It certainly like I was doing before I watched this video. But in 1994, St. Mary's was awarded the museum and construction was finally completed in 1998. And I'll say this, it's rather small. It's very small. It looks like a building just in a residential neighborhood. It's almost at the end of a cul-de-sac. Uh, I like that there's three ball fields next to the museum, which is is pretty nice. And I, and I think they have games and stuff going on when they do induction. So that's that's really cool how they're able to incorporate that, but it is small. And I probably wouldn't have pointed that out exactly if I didn't take a spin down the old Google rabbit hole and do a little digging and research into the Mexican Baseball Hall of Fame. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I will I will attach pictures somehow on Twitter again. If you don't already follow, it's at DNVR underscore Rockies. It is one of the most beautiful pieces of architecture I have ever seen. Great location, too, of of where it's situated with the mountains in the background as well. But what's interesting is the the Mexican Baseball Hall of Fame was established in 1939, the same year as the National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown was constructed. So I like that bit of symmetry. It's referred to, when you translate it, to the Temple of the Immortals. Wow. How amazing is that? Yep, you know what? Family's going to go in. Uh, We want to check out Vinny Castilla's plaque in the Temple of the Immortals. Unbelievable. The the first inauguration of that original Hall of Fame class took place on March 10th, 1973, in the gardens of the Monterey Brewing Company. And what's cool about this ceremony is that Bowie Kuhn, who was the commissioner at that time, he was actually down there for that, which I think is pretty cool. Pretty cool. The building that they are in now is very new. It was finally opened in February of 2019. And again, you got to search out pictures of this building. It is breathtaking. And the actual Hall of Fame is like circular. And there's natural lighting coming in. You know, it almost has that rotunda feel that Coors Field does, where if you go into Gate D, right on the corner of 20th and Blake, if you're going walking past the player, right, that main entrance at, at home plate, it has that vibe where just before if you walk through the gates, or even after you do walk through the gate and you turn around to wait for someone, that light that's coming into the rotunda, it has that look. But it's a perfect circle. It's so amazing. They do have interactive batting cages and pitching cages in there. There's players that are in both the Mexican Baseball Hall of Fame as well as the National Baseball Hall of Fame here in America. Not, not very many, actually. There's only about five. Martin DeHigo, who went into the Mexican Hall of Fame first. Three guys in the class of 1971, Roy Campanella, Josh Gibson, Monty Irvin. And then finally in 1996, Mini Minioso, who is now finally in here in ours in Cooperstown. 
2010 was the first Rockies player who ever went into the Mexican Baseball Hall of Fame, Armando Reynoso. And then most recently in 2020, you may have remembered that's not too long ago, but Vinny was voted into the Mexican Baseball Hall of Fame, holds the top seven single-season home run totals for a Mexican-born player, the lowest total being 25 up to his career high of 46 in 1998, has a career homer total of 320 next most, Jorge Orta, 130. Aurelio Rodriguez with 124 is the only other one over 100. He's first in career RBI with 1,105. And even in batting average, if you just focus on players that had more significant careers of about seven years or more, he's third in that with a 276 average, bested only by Jorge Orta at 270 and Bobby Avila at 281. So Vinny Castillo was very nearly a triple crown career. For Mexican-born players, think about that. We again, we know how large Vinny looms in our community, and you would imagine how large he would loom to those ball players down in Mexico. But the fact that he has the most home runs, the most RBI, and very nearly has the highest batting average—that's that's amazing. That's amazing, and that's Vinny Castillo for you, Vinicio Castillo. Amazing. What's also amazing is this information about ball aerospace and technology and their manufacturing plant in Golden. It's amazing because right now they're starting off folks at $27 an hour. They're looking for production technicians and they can even give you increases at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job. This is a role that actually has skills growth built into it, which means many of the production technicians actually get bumped up to become maintainers, which is the next step up. You get comprehensive insurance, active the day of hire, 401k for retirement. You even got a potential for annual bonus to go along with some stock purchase ownership program. So they're paying you for now, and you can help yourself to help pay for the future as well. Major benefits for working with a company like Ball. All you got to do is text Golden to 77222 to get linked to their open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. Then take that hard-earned paycheck and buy yourself a home with the expertise and support of Chevalier Mortgage. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. And as the son of two parents that are currently in the process of buying and refinancing, there should be a lot of stress on my shoulders. And guess what? There isn't because of Chevalier Mortgage. What Michael and Virginia do better than I think anybody out there is give their borrowers options with the full financial picture in mind always giving them the highest level of integrity, always putting borrowers first. And right now they've got a fun perk for DNVR listeners. All you got to do is visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and you can enter to win a free hat or shirt of your choice. When you do, most importantly, you get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. And oh yeah, if you're a homeowner, guess what? There's natural equity in your home right now. So if you've got mortgage insurance, there's a good chance you can refinance out of that to make the bubble work for you. All you got to do is call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Well, friends, it is the end of an era as Joe West, also known as Cowboy Joe West, has officially retired after 5,460 games, the most all-time by an umpire, he's gone. 
he gone. And yes, I did wave my, my finger over my head to eject him. He's done. He's retired. Get this. So most games all time broke Bill Clem's record. To put in perspective, 5,460 games. If you had gone to every game ever played at Dodger Stadium, which first opened on April 10th, 1962, you still would have seen less games than Joe West has umpired. Yes, that's how long this guy has been around. He's 69 years old, calling it a quits. His first game was, you sitting down for this, September 1976. Yes, that's a long time to be umpiring. Like I said, he broke Bill Clem's record, though Bill Clem actually did have more games behind home plate because during Clem's days, there was only a two-man crew. And of course, as we know now, there's a four-man crew that we've got in the regular season and postseason. There is, of course, those outfield umpires down the line as well. But that's a record, certainly, that will never be broken. If you want to talk about baseball records, Bill Clem's record of 3,000-plus games behind home plate, that's pretty safe. And I do need to point out, so don't kill the messenger here, Bill Clem, the umpire, he's in the Baseball Hall of Fame, which means Joe West is probably going to be there too. Now, there are 10 umpires in the Baseball Hall of Fame as of right now, and the shortest wait from retirement to the Hall was Jock O'Connell at 10 years. So you got 10 years to kind of catch your breath and, and scoff and get your tweet ready for when it's time for Joe West to get in the Hall of Fame. Most of the umps actually that got into Hall of Fame, they were alive during that time. It's it's a similar situation to what you have with the commissioner, who every commissioner of, of baseball is in the Hall of Fame. So again, don't kill the messenger. Rob Manfred will someday be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Hey, what are you going to do? Look, it just it is what it is, right? But Joe West also is joined by a couple umpires that you probably have heard of, some maybe more notorious than others. Fielden Colbreth, Kerwin Danley, Jerry Davis, Brian Gorman, son of another umpire. Kerwin Danley, of course, the first African-American crew chief. Accomplished that in 2020. And, you know, tip of the cap to Jerry Davis, another guy who's 69 years old. He also worked a combined 5,000 games in the majors, including a record 151 in the postseason. He also had postseason assignments for 24 straight seasons during his 38 years in the majors as an umpire and got a chance to meet him at a Sabre convention a few years ago. And he was quite nice and shared some interesting behind-the-scenes details. Now, five new umpires come in to take their place as full-time umps, including Roberto Ortiz, who becomes the first Puerto Rican-born umpire, and John Lipka, who's a name that we have featured on this podcast before, as he was very good this past year. His ump scorecards were fantastic. Actually, he was the best in MLB at 95.6% accuracy. Very good scores there for him. And then oddly enough, he did 31 games behind the plate this year and Joe West did 32. So he was part-time, but of course worked like a, a full-timer. Hey, sometimes you got to get used to that in the industry of sports entertainment. But Lipka is the youngest umpire of the group at 34, the oldest being 40-year-old Ben May. Now, back to Joe West, all right? Interesting notes, to say the least, on this guy who is a character when maybe you shouldn't be a character. We've said it many times before that being a good umpire is like being a good offensive lineman. You shouldn't be noticed. There shouldn't be any name 
recognition, really. And you certainly shouldn't be grumbling when you hear an umpire or an offensive lineman's name. If you don't get noticed, you did your job. So Joe West was a longtime National League umpire. And that might not perk your ears up exactly because you go, well, yeah, of course, I've seen him at Coors Field. Well, for a period of time, there were American League umpires and National League umpires. They were separate. They were ultimately different entities, right? That's how you had the American League adopting the DH and the National League saying, no thanks, we're going to play the pure form. And so Joe West was a part of that NL half of umpires. And it wasn't until really around 1999 that the umpires began to work underneath the MLB umbrella rather than each individual league, just either the AL or the NL. And the merger actually came about in a real weird way when 57 umpires handed in their resignations since the group couldn't go on strike. So like, hey, if we all resign, that's going to trigger you know all these different payouts and things of that nature, and that's going to be a bad deal. So that'll bring everyone back to the negotiating table. Well, MLB actually, MLB actually did accept 22 of the 57 resignations, and those guys were, how do you say, S-O-L. They were, uh, they were out of luck, to say the least. And Joe West was one of those guys. So he missed two seasons in 2000, 2001, but he was rehired in 2002. And those guys that weren't brought back, you know, they received some good back pay and, and some benefits. But Joe West, in his very, very long career, was behind the plate in Nolan Ryan's fifth no-hitter, behind the plate for Clay Buckholz's no-hitter as a rookie in 2007, not to mention Felix Hernandez's perfect game in 2012. He was there for William McCovey's 500th homer, Albert Pujols's 400th homer, and he was appointed to six different World Series, which he would usually let you know, as I believe he would very frequently carry around with him all six different World Series rings. Yes, umpires do get a ring for umpiring in the World Series. And so he would typically like to wear one on each hand, and he would travel with all six together with him, I imagine, uh, on his carry-on luggage. You certainly would not want to check something like that. Joe West was also on the field during that 2004 American League Championship Series game when A-Rod tried to knock the ball out of Bronson Arroyo's mitt in Game 6. Maybe you remember that. It's like a little chopper up the line. Arroyo gets it, goes to tag him, and A-Rod, trying to look natural, swings his arm down to knock the ball out of Arroyo's mitt there in Game 6, but umpires came together, ruled A-Rod out. Yankees were hurting at this point bad because they had been up 3-0 at that point. Boston charged back with two straight wins off the heels of that David Roberts, stolen base in the ninth, beating Mariano Rivera to avoid the sweep. We know they would come back win that series in 2004, and win their first World Series since 1918. Now, Joe S. also got suspended. You may remember this one. It's not too long ago, about eight years ago. In September of 2014, he got suspended for a confrontation with Jonathan Papelbon. Had to sit out for a day. It was the first incident in suspension of an umpire since the previous year with Field and Colbert. But the biggest one before that was... Well, it was also Joe West in 1983. Now, this was an event that was caught on video as it was after the game in the tunnel near the umpire's room. It was the first incident of this nature since about 44 years earlier. Joe West shoved Joe Torrey, who was a manager of Atlanta at the time. And West 
was suspended for three days. And Joe Torre was not suspended at all, even though Joe West said, well, he shouldn't be coming down into my space. But nevertheless, no, no suspension for, for Torre, three games for Joe West. Oddly enough, again, your ears may be perking up because you go, wait a minute. Doesn't Joe Torre kind of oversee the umpires? Yes, you're absolutely correct. Joe Torre, as a special assistant for Commissioner Rob Manfred, one of his duties is to oversee the umpire. So Joe West was reporting to Joe Torre for a period of time before his retirement. Now, besides being a quote-unquote successful umpire, please notice the quotes, he actually was the president of the MLB Umpires Association for a while, as recently as... 2018, but you might know him more for his skills and ability as a singer-songwriter. Yes, Joe West is a singer-songwriter. He's appeared at the Grand Old Opry, and he's actually released an album. 1987, he released an album called Blue Cowboy. You know what? That's a good title. I like it. Blue Cowboy. Think about it. It's good. The cover photo is pretty excellent. And if you want a copy of this, it's pretty rare, but man, if you go digging through the stacks and you go to your local consignment shop, there is essentially $200 just sitting there waiting for you. Because right now, this album, Joe West, Blue Cowboy, is on sale for $225 or best offer. Ooh, hey, maybe you can get it for $210. Don't know if you actually want it, but you can get it. It's not on Spotify. You can't listen to it on Spotify, so you're going to have to get that vinyl if you're really committed to either enjoying or the opposite of that when it comes to Joe West. But if you have Spotify, you can actually listen to his album Diamond Dreams, which I did for a few seconds. That was really all I needed. But it's basically just him sharing stories with piano playing in the background and the audio differs from track to track. So it is what it is. Now, Joe West also was immortalized to a degree in the original Naked Gun film back in 1998. Back in 1988. And no, don't confuse him for singer slash umpire Enrico Palazzo. That was not him. Joe West has also golfed on the Celebrity Players Tour. so. Again, this guy is finding a lot of ways to make money outside of his day job. Hey, don't quit your day job. He didn't. He put an album out and he still didn't quit his day job. So, you know, he's, he's got some brains on him. Now, again, if that's not enough, all, all these other endeavors, he's also the creator of the West Vest. Because look, when you're creating a protective vest for umpires, you might as well slap your name on it since it rhymes. The West Fest. It was purchased by the Wilson Sporting Goods. Could not obtain any documentation as far as how much money he got for that. But he did also help Wilson design their umpire gear, which is the only umpire equipment endorsed by MLB. So he made some, some good cash on that. And last but not least, the most recently, his big windfall financially, if Joe West doesn't already have enough money, in April of 2021, you may have, may have remembered this story. I know we covered it on the podcast. 
Paul Duca was on a podcast. I don't even think it was a radio show. He was on a podcast, and he told a story, somewhat elaborate story, that whenever Billy Wagner was pitching and Joe West was behind the plate, Joe West would expand the strike zone, and he would make it a little bit bigger for Billy Wagner. And not just because, hey, Billy Wagner was that great of a pitcher that maybe he could somehow fool and, and dupe the great Joe West. No, it was, according to Paul Duca, that allegedly Wagner would lend his 1957 Chevy, his antique car, to Joe West whenever he was in town. As it turns out, that was a complete fabrication. Joe West took Paul Duca to court, and in April of 2021, this past year, he won a lawsuit where Paul Duca had to pay Joe West half a million dollars. Yes. Apparently, Joe West was never behind the plate in a game with the Mets where Paul Duca was catching Billy Wagner. Remember, they were they were teammates for a period of time when Wagner was closing games for the Mets. Duca had come over from the Dodgers. But in that one game that West was behind the dish where Duca was catching, Billy Wagner was not pitching. So not true. Duca loses the case and loses half a million dollars to Cowboy Joe West, who now sits off into the sunset as one of the all-time most umpiring umpires. Can't really say all-time greats. We know how a lot of people feel about him. So, you know, again, it's similar to like a commissioner where, you know, there probably is some good that they are doing somewhere along the way. And at various points, you may not want to admit it. And at other points you say, hey, you know what? Credit where credit is due. I don't know if we can say that exactly yet about Joe West, a guy who players on numerous occasions when asked, you know, who the best and worst umpires are, you know, sometimes he would get some best umpire votes and maybe more frequently he would get more worst umpire votes. And so I think that certainly would be true right now if you were to ask some folks that have been under multiple commissioners, how do they feel about Rob Manfred or who was their favorite commissioner? Was it you know, Peter Ubroff, Bart Giamatti, Bud Selig, A. Vincent. But right now, I think we can all agree, Commissioner Rob Manfred, we're going we're gonna to pass on you for right now as far as being one of the best since the game is hurting right now. We got to get this lockout figured out. This week, we've got some more great shows and guests lined up. Tomorrow, you'll be listening to fantastic interview with Eric Weedham, where we go through some of the best and, well, according to Eric, spoiler alert, some of the worst minor league nicknames and logos. We break it down. If you can't wait to listen to that episode, you can go over to YouTube on DNVR Sports. Our channel has got that entire interview. Even put a clip out on social media at DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter if you want to check that out. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. And got to throw a big shout out real quick to everybody at our local Sabre chapter, Society for American Baseball Research. We had our Sabre Day on Saturday with Jillian Geib, fantastic scorekeeper there at Coors Field, doing some major things, breaking through some of those glass ceilings that we all think shouldn't exist and shouldn't have even been there in the first place. Nevertheless, she's the one that broke through it, and it was fantastic hearing her story and and talking about her growth within MLB communications and her growth within MLB and how she worked her way up to be an official scorekeeper 
at Coors Field. And we also had Gar Rhinest, the the amazing batting stance guy, one of my all-time favorite baseball people. If you're doing the Mount Rushmore or you're having four people over for dinner, and you know what, if none of them could be actual baseball players, I mean, the batting stance guy might even be number one. So getting to interact with him, ask him some questions. Again, on Twitter, go over. We've got some content there where you can see on my Twitter account where we've got a breakdown of what Todd Helton's stance looks like, according to Gar, as well as Nolan Arenado, some of the things that he does. It was just absolutely fantastic getting to to chat with him and, and everybody that we've got in our organization is is just fantastic. So if you're not signed up for that, hey, you might want to do that. It's about like 65 bucks for the year and, and you get so many great perks and you get to meet a lot of amazing people. Our chapter in Denver is one of the best in the entire world. And it's not because of me. I'm, I may be a board member, but I'm I'm new to the show. I've only been around for a couple of years doing this. It's it's all of the members of what they do. And they, they've got a very high standard that we always need to make sure that we bring for them. And that's why we got two really great guests over the weekend. You can actually see that on YouTube as well on the Sabre channel. But a lot of ways to still get your baseball content right now. If MLB is not doing their part, well, that's okay because DNVR Rockies and Sabre, right, we're doing our part to try to fill this gap, fill this void, and do it in a fun way, entertaining way, educational way. So, again, give me that feedback, Patrick at the DNVR.com. This has been fun. Another good one in the books. But you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I'll talk to you tomorrow.